0: what is up guys it is quinn here and if you guys are watching this i'm guessing you guys have advanced to the fantasy football championships so congratulations on that in this video as most of you guys probably know i'm going to be running through my week 17 running back start sits if you guys are new to the channel this is where i break down every single week 17 matchup so all 16 games i talk about every single fantasy relevant running back and then list them as either a start fringe option or a sit so, your starts, these are the players that you feel pretty confident with in your lineup. Typically, these are gonna be like your RB1s and your RB2s. The fringe options, these are gonna be more of like your RB3s. Your flex options, and then the sits, you know, pretty self explanatory there. Those are the players you know you hope are uh, sitting on your bench. As always, if you guys have any fantasy questions, it doesn't even have to be related to the running back position. If you drop it down below, I will be responding to every single person. And then all I ask is that if you guys do enjoy the content, or you ask a question do me a huge favor hit that like button and subscribe to the channel and then if you want to check out the other positions i'll be putting out the wide receiver quarterback and tight end videos all out today also so uh, now that we're done with all of that let's just jump right into the first matchup where we have the cowboys taking on the titans and for the cowboys i feel like both pollard and zeke have established themselves as very strong week to week starts so i like both of them in my lineup also for the titans here i have derrick henry listed as a start Now, I actually think it's fairly possible that he does not play in this game. He popped up on the injury report. I do not believe the Titans need to win this game. I think it all comes down to week 18 against the Jaguars. So if he's even a little bit banged up, I don't really see why they would play him. And now you may think, you know, oh, if Henry's out, maybe we want to pivot to a different running back. In my opinion, when I look at this matchup here, the Cowboys, you know, they have stuff to lose here. I think they still have a shot at getting the number one seed, you know, may seem unlikely, but they're going to be trying to win this game. And if you're looking at that Titans offense led by uh, Malik Willis with these backup running backs, like it could get really ugly. So for me, it's Derrick Henry or bust at the running back position here. Moving over to the uh, Cardinals Falcons matchup. James Conner has established himself as a locked in RB one. He should probably be a top 10 guy moving forward. I mean, the workload that they are giving this man is just absurd I was someone who was very high on James Conner coming into the season, and early on, it just looked like a terrible pick. He was in and out of the lineup. He was banged up, but now that he's healthy, I mean, they literally, like, they barely take this man off the field. His snap share is crazy week to week, so even regardless of matchup, right, goes up against the Bucks, bad matchup, still produces. I love him in this game against the Falcons here as a very strong play, and then for the Falcons, we had a pretty significant shakeup in this backfield, post-Cordero Patterson coming off of IR. Him and Algier were pretty much locked into a 50-50 split. This past week, we actually saw Algier just take a big chunk of this backfield. He had 18 carries, to Cordero Patterson's eight. He also had a 54% route participation. You would think Patterson would be more involved as a pass catcher. Just was not the case. And then he had four for 43 through the air. That was his uh, best receiving game in terms of you know four catches. So if this uh, you know kind of split is able to stick here, I think Tyler Algier will probably find himself. As like a back end RB2, and I don't even think we can uh, consider playing Cordero Patterson based on how the usage went in this uh, week 16 matchup. Moving over to the uh, Bears Lions game for the Bears, we saw Khalil Herbert make his return off of IR, but we actually still saw David Montgomery take a decent chunk of this offense. He's still getting the majority of the receiving work and also took a pretty solid share of the carries. The Lions, you know, prior to uh, week 16 had been super effective against the run, you know, basically over like the second half of the season. And then the Panthers just went out and just carved them up. Deonta Foreman, Chuba Hubbard, both of those guys had massive games on the ground. I remember like looking at the uh, score at halftime, and I think both running backs had like over 100 yards at that point. It was wild. So I'm not really expecting David Montgomery to go out and have some sort of, you know, sensational game, but it's not really a matchup that I'm super scared of whereas like a week ago I was you know not very confident in those Panthers running backs so Montgomery's going to be a start for me and then for the Lions I've DeAndre Swift as a fringe option he's a pretty low end fringe option if I'm being honest you know he kind of kept that same role he's had in this offense it was still a three way split between uh Swift, Jamal Williams and Justin Jackson Swift did see a larger snap share than usual just because they were down you know the game script kind of favored uh Swift as like a receiving back But in this matchup against the Bears, the Bears defense has really been in shambles, like ever since the trade deadline, where they, you know, basically shipped off all their top players. So I think the Lions are going to score, you know, with relative ease. The Bears haven't been shutting down the run game either. So I do think Swift is like an RB3 option, but I'm not overly excited to play him this week. And then I will be sitting Jamal Williams. I think it's possible, you know, he definitely gets into the end zone here. But without that touchdown, like we're looking at. 40, 50, 60 yards. And his floor is just so low with no receiving involvement. So he's still going to be a sit for me. Then we have another divisional game between the Jaguars and the Texans. And the Jaguars are in a pretty similar spot to the Titans, where I don't believe they need this as a win. I still think they're going to go out there and play their starters. Maybe they get pulled a little bit early, but I mean, this is a fantastic matchup for Travis Etienne, We know the Texans give up a ton of points to the running back position, so I love Travis Etienne as a start here. He's basically operating as the total workhorse in this backfield. Obviously, you have Jermichael know, mixing in here and there, but Etienne's week-to-week workload is very, very strong, so I like him as a play here. On the other side with the uh, Texans, with Damian Pierce going down, this running back room has just been disgusting. So Royce Freeman, Dare, if it's Rex Burkhead, definitely sitting all of these dudes. Then we have the Broncos taking on the Chiefs and Latavius Murray was actually showing some life after the uh, week 15 game. He had a very, very strong workload. Then he goes out here in uh, week 16 and is just in a full on committee with Chase Edmonds. He uh, played on 31 snaps to Chase Edmonds 28. He had uh, eight carries and three targets. Edmonds had six carries, two targets. So on a bad offense here, both of these guys are just completely unplayable. On the other side for the Chiefs, I'd be willing to fire up both Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco with starts. Jarek McKinnon is probably a mid to back end RB2. Isaiah Pacheco is a back end RB2 option. You know, the Broncos defense had been pretty tough all season long. Then, you know, the floodgates just kind of opened for the Rams. So we'll see if they're able to kind of recover or if they've just, you know, totally run out of gas this season. But I think, you know, it could favor each running back differently. If they are able to kind of hold them off a little bit, Jerick McKinnon will probably get more involved as a pass catcher. If the Chiefs just blow the doors off very early on, then we'll probably see Isaiah Pacheco kind of ice the game on the ground. But I think both of these guys are definitely viable options. Moving over to the uh, Dolphins-Patriots matchup. For the Dolphins here... This is a backfield where we saw Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert basically operating like a 50-50 split. We saw Jeff Wilson take 30 snaps, 9 carries, 2 targets, to Raheem Mostert's 26 snaps, 8 carries, and 3 targets, to a potentially out uh, in concussion protocol. So in a 50-50 backfield, potentially without their starting quarterback against a really tough uh, Patriots defense against the run, that's just a backfield I'm going to be avoiding. For the Patriots, I have Ramondre as a start here. And I know there's always the fear where it's like a Patriots running back fumbles and you're just not sure if they're going to be punished. He had a pretty costly fumble towards the end of that game versus the Bengals, but just with how much he had been dominating the opportunities, I can't imagine they just, you know, totally stripped that all away from him. So I'm willing to go back to the well here on Ramondre. I think they believe in him as a player. I don't think they're going to, you know, yank him after a late fumble. So I'm going to go back to the well here and have Ramondre as a very strong RB1 play. Moving over to the uh, Colts, taking on the Giants. For the Colts, it may be surprising to some people that I have Zach Moss here as a sit because, I mean, he basically dominated the opportunities for the Colts. If there were carries going to the running back position, it was basically all entirely Zach Moss. The problem with that uh, situation is just the Colts' offense is so bad. The offensive line doesn't look good. They really just can't move the ball. So if you have like multiple flexes or you're starting three, four running backs, I understand, you know, maybe playing Zach Moss, but on a typical championship roster, like, you know, normal roster setup, I would like to have a different option. On the other side, for the Giants, obviously we fire up Saquon as a uh, high end to mid tier running back one. Then we have the uh, Saints taking on the Eagles, and for the Saints, we finally saw a bounce-back game out of Alvin Kamara. We also saw him get used uh, more as a pass catcher. Even though there weren't a ton of dropbacks this past week, he was still much more involved than he was uh, in week, what was it, week 15, where him and David Johnson were uh, splitting the routes pretty evenly. So good to see him uh, retain that role. Obviously not a great matchup here against the Eagles, but someone who's still going to have a lot of opportunities and should be in your lineups. Now for the Eagles, we've had Miles Sanders put together back-to-back down games. Unfortunately, that's just kind of the risk you run playing the type of guy like Miles Sanders. Right, He can go out there, rush for 120 yards and two touchdowns on a good offense with a good rushing attack, but without the receiving floor... It's also possible he gives you kind of like these bus games where he's giving you sub 10 points. I think we just got to go back to the well here on Miles Sanders. He's still there running back one. It's not like they're making a change. And so I'm still going to be firing him up as probably like a mid-tier RB2 play. And then us uh, sitting his backup, Kenneth Gainwell, in a divisional matchup, a pretty important divisional matchup for these two teams, Panthers taking on the Buccaneers. Now for the Panthers, it's a very tough backfield to navigate. Because they will have some games where they just explode, you know, the run game looks unstoppable, and then the next week they'll go out and it'll just be a major struggle. I ended up settling with Deonta Foreman as a fringe play, and then Chuba Hubbard as a sit. So I think I mentioned it when I was talking about the Lions, but we saw monster games out of both Foreman and Chuba Hubbard uh, on Saturday. Foreman rushed for 165 yards in a touchdown, and then Hubbard on top of that added 125 yards on the ground in terms of their uh, usage splits. Hubbard played one more snap than Foreman, but we saw Foreman out-carry Hubbard 21-12. to So I definitely think Foreman is the clear better play here because it's not like Chuba Hubbard gets super involved as a pass catcher. This is a pretty tough matchup for these guys. The Bucks have allowed the six fewest points per game to the running back position, and it's just kind of an interesting way uh, Foreman's season is kind of shaped up here because they have played nine games since Christian McCaffrey went down. He has exploded and gone for 113 or more yards in five of those nine games. That's pretty impressive. He had another game with 74, which is solid. And then the other three, he's just totally tanked with under 25 yards. So he has a very, very low weekly floor because he basically gives you no receiving work. This offense typically isn't putting up a ton of points, but we've also seen he can put together some big performances. So it's a tough balance here. Like I said, I ended up settling with him as a fringe option. I don't love the matchup. I don't think they're going to have their way on the ground like they did against the Lions, but I still think he's playable. He could give you, you know, 25 rushes for a ton of yards and a touchdown or two, but it's also possible the Bucks go out there, shut him down, and you're looking at like a 15 carry, 40 yard day with no receptions, and then you're feeling not so great. So it is just a tough call there with Deonta Foreman on the other side with the Buccaneers. This backfield has kind of gone back and forth. There were moments early on where Lenny had it on lock. There were moments throughout the season where it looked like Rashad White was kind of going to take over. This past week we saw Lenny kind of take control here. He outsnapped Rashad White 49 to 29. He had 20 carries and 10 targets, massive workload. That was compared to Rashad White's 7 carries and 4 targets, and then he put up 25.2 PPR points and he did that without a touchdown which is pretty impressive. You don't see that a ton. The usage in general is kind of weird. Like they had a possession, I think it was late in the game where they basically rode Lenny, like until the 10 yard line. And then they just swap in Rashad white when they get on the goal line and then white takes the touchdown. So obviously not great. If you're a Lenny owner, you would also think like two minute drill, you would believe, at least I would think that Rashad white would be their better pass catching back. So the usage doesn't always make sense. But I mean, from what we got from this last game, it's clear that Leonard Fournette should be valued as the better option. So I have Lenny as a start, Rashad White as a sit. Like this wasn't even close to a 50-50 split. Like this was a pretty clear, you know, Lenny control in this backfield. If that continues, he should be a great option uh, heading into week 17. Now moving over to the Browns, taking on the Commanders. For the Browns, another game where Nick Chubb isn't lighting up the stat sheet. We got to just keep going back to the well here. I know it's frustrating. It's kind of similar to the Elvin uh, Kamara situation where like the workloads there, the touchdowns just aren't being scored, but there's no way you can just sit a guy like Nick Chubb. And then for the uh, commanders here, I truly believe that Brian Robinson is the only viable play. He took 22 of the 30 running back carries. And then Antonio Gibson is someone who had been viable throughout the season, but he has basically lost or not lost but he's basically splitting his workload with Jonathan Williams. They split that like third down roll, you know, change of pace back, basically 50-50. Gibson took 21 snaps, Williams took 20. They both ran 13 routes. So Gibson is definitely unplayable. For B-Rob here though, this is a really strong matchup against the Browns. So he would be the guy I view as like a high end uh, running back three. In a, a pretty simple matchup between the 49ers and the Raiders, obviously we fire at both of these guys. Christian McCaffrey's usage is a little bit frustrating. It makes sense from a real-life perspective. They're not trying to burn him out uh, before the playoffs. You would like to see him you know, just dominating the opportunities like he did, I think against the Seahawks, but still, I mean, what are you going to do? Bench Christian McCaffrey. uh, Christian McCaffrey with 60% opportunity share is still a top-12 guy. And then for the Raiders, continue to fire up Josh Jacobs. Then uh, leading into the Jets-Seahawks game, I actually think Zonovan Knight is a very interesting option here. I think a lot of people, you just look at the box score the past two weeks, just totally throw him away. But we've seen uh, Zonovan Knight play two games with Zach Wilson, and he's been terrible, like no way around it. And he has 19 total carries in those two games for 21 yards. I mean, the dude is barely averaging a yard a carry with Zach Wilson at quarterback. In both those games, he put up 2.3 PPR points. So he's been awful. But we get Mike White back this week, big news for fantasy. And in Mike White's three starts, Zonovan Knight has put up 13.3, 16.8, and 15.7 PPR points. So he has been very effective with Mike White on the field. You also have a strong matchup here with the Seahawks who have allowed the second most points per game to the running back position. So I actually think we can go back to Zonovan Knight as probably like a high end running back three, but there is some risk in this Jess backfield that maybe they shake it up and Zonovan Knight has fallen out of favor. On the other side for the Seahawks, Kenneth Walker just continues to have a huge role and needs to be fired up even in unfavorable matchups like he's seen you know, over the past two weeks. I don't know if last week was unfavorable, maybe unfavorable game script, but this is a tough matchup here against the Jets, but still relying on Kenneth Walker. Then in a uh, divisional matchup here between the Vikings and the Packers, for the Vikings, we obviously continue to fire up Dalvin Cook as a very strong, probably RB1. And then for the Packers, This was probably one of the biggest shockers at the running back position. This usage was just like crazy between these two running backs. All season long, it's been Aaron Jones as the number one, AJ Dillon as the number two. I mean, there were even times where AJ Dillon was being pretty much phased out of this offense. Then I'm watching the game on Sunday and, you know, I'm kind of just loosely watching with the family, not totally locked in. And at some point I even asked, I'm like, did Aaron Jones like get hurt? And I didn't see it because this man was just not on the field. We saw AJ Dillon actually go out and out snap Aaron Jones 38 to 25. He saw more carries, more targets, and he also ran more routes, which just seems crazy. We could see this usage flip back in week 17. Like, I don't think it's totally set in stone that like AJ Dillon is now the number one, but I don't think either guy can really be trusted with their current workload. I still have them as starts. I think they're both probably back end RB twos, but like, I don't think we can say AJ Dillon has that RB one role on lock. He's a top 12 guy. And i also don't think we can say like, Oh, it's a fluke. It's going to flip back. I don't really think anyone knows uh, how this workload is going to pan out. So I think you just got to view both guys as like back end RB twos this week. Then uh, moving over to the Rams, taking on the chargers for the Rams. I mean, another crazy thing that happened. Uh, over the weekend, they just go out and have an offensive explosion against the Broncos, who have been very tough all season long. Cam Akers used like a workhorse with that type of workload, and the offense being semi competent, he definitely has to be a start coming off of that huge game. And then for the Chargers, obviously we fire up Austin Eckler as you know top three running back, if not the top RB this week. And then we have the Steelers taking on the Ravens. Najee Harris continue to fire him up as a solid RB two sitting Jalen Warren. And then for the uh, Ravens here, we saw a few solid games out of J.K. Dobbins. And then unfortunately, he just hasn't been able to, you know, really capitalize on that RB1 role or really just kind of earn that clear cut role. This was basically a 50-50 split this weekend between Dobbins and Edwards with the Steelers not being a super easy matchup to the running backs. Like, I don't think a guy getting 12 13 carries with no receiving work on an offense that's not elite. Like that's not someone who is an auto start to me. So I still like J.K. Dobbins because he's the better running back. I have him as a fringe option, sitting Gus Edwards, but I don't think he's someone who like needs to be a lock in your lineup. And then for the uh, final matchup of the week, the Bills taking on the Bengals. For the Bills, this is pretty much a 50-50 split, probably like 60-40, 55-45 between Devin Singletary and James Cook but I'm going to favor the guy who's getting slightly more work. That's Devin Singletary. Have him as a fringe play, James Cook as a sit. For the Bengals, we saw Joe Mixon have a huge role as a pass catcher this past week. Great to see. He's definitely a start, probably like a fringe RB1, high-end RB2, somewhere in there, and then uh, sitting his backup and uh, backfield mate Samaje Pirine. But that is going to wrap it up for my running back start sit. As always, if you enjoyed, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, Any questions, drop them down below. Go check out my uh, other start sif videos. Stay tuned for my positional rankings. Those will be coming out over the next two days. But thank you guys again, and I will see you in the next one.